hello and welcome to the EBRD Star Venture podcast. Today we have with us one of our best mentors, Corbin Norman from the Star Venture program. Corbin, how are you today? Um, can you give us a little bit of your background and tell us a little bit more about you? Hey, Marianne, uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for, for having me on and, uh, and then happy to be here. So uh, a little background about myself. Um, I would call myself a former musician uh, turned entrepreneur. Um, I started my career really uh, focused on music, uh, specifically uh, jazz and classical music, uh, playing the trumpet. Um, and then over the course of, let's say, thir 13 years of in the, the music business, I decided to kind of venture out on my own and focus on entrepreneurship and tech. Um, and that's where I've been for really the past 12 years. Um, so um, I focus specifically on marketing and, and growth strategy, uh, working across early stage companies from staff, fintech, media, um, and health tech uh, for, for a variety of companies between pre-seed and series A stage. Um, uh, my first kind of uh, orientation into this, this particular career path uh, started in six years in strategy consulting, focusing on companies within those industries. Uh, and then I ventured out on my own, um, starting a company called Quality TV, uh, which I, I was the chief marketing officer for. Um, it's a streaming platform that curates independent films, documentaries, and web series and news programming for the global black community. Um, I was in that role for uh, four years in Washington, D.C. before transitioning to um, Europe, uh, where now I'm based in Amsterdam and I've had, held uh, a few roles across uh, fintech and SaaS. One being the head of growth for Business Stock, which is an investment app that is uh, creating a new currency for reward programs. Uh, also, an entrepreneur residence that started Bootcamp, which is Europe's uh, leading accelerator. Um, and, and previously, I've led the organic growth efforts at Bonk, which is Europe's really latest fintech unicorn um, uh, based here in Amsterdam. I'm now head of uh, global growth for a company called Talk360. Uh, where we enable people all around the world to make reliable and portable phone calls to any landline and mobile phone worldwide. Um, and we're also uh, currently building the world's first single payment platform that will serve the entire African continent, kind of integrating local African currencies and payment methods that would allow uh, Africans to purchase services that they've never had before. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about myself. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Corbin. Uh, could you tell us a bit more about how you decided to become a mentor to startups? Oh, it really kind of fell into it. Um, I, I never, I don't like to put, I guess, a label on certain particular things. Never thought of myself as an actual mentor. Um, really how I got into it is that uh, developing my first company uh, when I was um, living in the U.S., um, I had a lot of successes and probably even more failures, right? Um, and learning the, the reasons why uh, I failed. And I, I wanted to make sure that people behind me didn't run into those same mistakes. Um, but even more specifically, I wanted to kind of uh, work with, with early stage founders um, that were just starting out um, that were from similar backgrounds than myself. The ones that were kind of really not privy to the networks or the financing or the opportunities that I were, uh, was, was privy to uh, growing up in the U.S. And so I really dedicate a lot of my um, 
um, mentorship towards those particular uh, founders and, and companies. And then it was really only in the past, I think five or six years when I uh, moved from the US to Europe, uh, first um, um, mentoring and advising startups in the Western Balkan areas, um, places like Albania, North Macedonia, um, and Bosnia. Uh, that's where I really started kind of formalize the process of providing uh, consistent uh, mentorship to uh, early stage founders. And, and like I mentioned before, it's something that I really just never planned to do, um, but it just really happened as I started to build my own companies and also work in leadership positions for uh, early stage companies as well. Uh, so while I'm doing, I also feel the need to actually at, at, at advise and coach and mentor others uh, so they cannot make the same mistakes that I've had. And with that being said, Corbin, do you have a success story of a startup that you mentored through the program that you can share with us? Um, I, I don't have one necessarily for the actual program uh, that I can share. Um, I, I do have uh, uh, one success story that, that I can share uh, from a, a company that I worked with for about four years. Um, and it's actually a company that is, is based in uh, Skopje, North Macedonia, so in, in the Western Balkan region. Um, and uh, this is a company that is really focused on trying to change the digital advertising space uh, to bring both um, SMBs and small and uh, other small businesses into the digital marketing area by providing them a platform that takes both online and offline advertising channels into one. So these companies can provide a more omnichannel channel experience to their customers. And I remember first working with this particular uh, founder at the time, and they really had, the question that they, they continuously asked themselves was, how should we be positioned in this really overcrowded market? Like how do we actually position the company where we stand out, where in the sea of, uh, other um, kind of options for, for businesses to choose from, how do we make sure that we were at one kind of thing that uh, they notice and they want to kind of learn more about? Um, and so this is a, a question of like, what is the positioning strategy uh, for, for the actual company? And one of the, the things I had to kind of coach, I guess, the, the founder um, uh, to get them to understand is that uh, positioning is really not uh, it's not branding, it's not, um, it's not how your logo looks and how uh, your, what's your font size or your brand colors. It's really a, a, a question of, of relevance and clarity and strategic and define, how do you define yourself in this particular problem space that you're in? Um, and, and once kind of, I, I had to really change that mindset on what position it is and, and how it's important and why it should be done. It was only then we were able to actually put the kind of the pen to paper to, to, to start working on what the, uh, who this company is and, and who does it serve and what does it want to be and, and why is it even in existence, which is really the cornerstone of what positioning is. Um, and so over the course of a few months, um, I kind of walked uh, the, the, not just the, the CEO at the time, but also the person who was like really in charge of the marketing through kind of this multi-stage process to get uh, to, to, to have them clearly articulate 
their positioning and their uh, and their strategy in which how they're going to take this positioning to market um, over the course of a few months. Uh, and that was a success in that it actually, they were able to, after these series of kind of workshops and discussions, they were able to clearly articulate internally within the company, okay, this is who we are. This is uh, where we want to be. Uh, this is who we serve. This is how this is how we do it, which is very important from a product uh, and differentiation standpoint. And because of that, they realized that they put themselves in a box when they thought originally the space that they wanted to play in and the competitors that they saw as competing directly with them. After this uh, really exercise, we've concluded that they're actually not in that particular space, that they're leaving a lot of particular competitors out who they have the potential of competing with. And so it placed them in a whole other category uh, of kind of problem space. Um, and, and that was really important for them to, to, to kind of conceptualize and understand because now they can focus a lot of the effort um, in a different direction that leads to them being positioned in the way that they want to going forward. So uh, this is one success story that I've had uh, about, uh, about five years ago uh, that now I believe the company is, is actually starting to see the, 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 the fruits of the labor and, and how they are actually perceived by the market. Fantastic. So given your experience, what would you say is one of the most recurring challenges of a startup and how can they overcome this challenge? Ah, just one challenge. Uh, <laughs> well, I think I'm thinking of two, but the, the one that I would say is the most, uh, I think, prevalent challenge for startups right now and what I've been seeing consistently over my 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 lifetime uh, is execution um, as, as the entrepreneurs um, we were always uh, we're, we're uh, idealistic like like we always think about ideas and we always have a strong vision we kind of focus a lot on where the world ought to be but not where it is right now uh, and that's very good I think a lot of successful companies wouldn't be uh, uh, live today if they did not have this sense of um, um, urgency and kind of uh, addressing these particular issues that they see in, in, in the world right now. Uh, but what I've seen from early stage companies is they have this vision, they, they have this strategy, meaning they have the plan on how to actually achieve their, their company goals and how to build a product that solves this problem that they identified in the market. Uh, but what they're lacking and what they are consistently running into roadblocks with is how do you actually execute that plan? <laughs> like, how do I tactically and operationally uh, do the things that I set out to do? Um, and, and, and this is where I, I would say at least in the past three or four years, I have started to focus a lot of my efforts on when it comes to mentoring uh, founders, because I believe strategy is good, uh, but I think execution will uh, make or break uh, a startup uh, in the long run. Uh, and so, when it comes to when it comes to kind of what challenges like consistently have seen, it's execution and how, what I believe um, is, is needed to, to overcome that is for founders the ability to be able to um, um, when needed look at things from a strategic level, like a bird eyes view, 
understand all the necessary levers uh, that could be pulled in kind of your business equation that will best deliver on a desired outcome. But then when the time's needed, be able to narrow your focus and get down into the nitty gritty and actually do stuff, uh, get stuff done. Um, and how you are able to do that fluently over time, I think is what is gonna be the ultimate gauge of execution success for early stage founders. And it's a very difficult skill to grasp. And I would even say for myself, I'm still learning <laughs> how to do that uh, uh, in a more consistent basis and also do it on a, uh, in a way that can easily scale to my team, be able to coach and let them know how they should do it so they can get to that, when they get to that leadership point, they can be able to seamlessly do it as well. So uh, this is one tip that I've, I've always uh, shared with founders, being able to zoom in and out very quickly and how do you scale that over time as a leader and propagate that throughout the organization. Um, I think we'll um, provide it, provide benefit that will be compounded over time when it comes to how to execute successfully. And as a mentor, Corbin, what do you expect from the startups coming to your session? Uh, preparation is one. Uh, this is actually the biggest one for me. Um, so, because I've, there's been a few times where um, I've been kind of connected with a founder um, and the, 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 the founder either didn't show up, which I think maybe uh, as a little bit of preparation, but more of a, a sign of respect. Uh, but then when they do show up, uh, I, most of the time I've been driving the conversation, which is not how the relationship should go. Um, I think from a mentor and mentee relationship, uh, the, the mentee should be driving the conversation. They should come prepared with what they want to get out of the conversation. And they should also um, share uh, those things with the mentor well in advance. So I think making sure that the, 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 the mentee or the startup here in this case is well prepared prior to the actual discussion. That's, that's kind of my, my number one pet peeve there. Um, uh, the, the second one I would add is being honest giving me the facts. Um, I, I don't know if this is a, a trait or a characteristic of a mind, but I can, I can easily sniff through like the BS. So I can, I can, I can decipher if somebody's lying or not. Uh, and it has really nothing to do with kind of their facial expressions or how they nonverbal cues and whatnot. It has a lot to do with what they're saying uh, and how they're saying it. Uh, so make sure to, to come with the facts at all times. Uh, being able to say clearly to uh, to me, in this case, the mentor, when something is an assumption where you don't know. I love when, when founders tell me that they don't know anything uh, because for me, that, that shows a sign of vulnerability. Um, and it also removes my guard down for in the future looking out for BS <laughs> that may come from them because they've already been open and honest with me beforehand. Um, and then the last one uh, is really follow-up. Um, if you say you're going to do something, like jot it down, set a deadline, uh, and then act on it. It gets back to the execution, right? Like, like do it um, and share progress um, with, with, uh, with your mentor on how things are, are, are moving along. And don't be afraid to ask help, like when you're stuck on something. I, I consider all of these things as a part of the follow-up 
um, that, that needs to happen post kind of um, uh, mentorship succession. So uh, again, the, the, the preparation is key. Uh, that's my number one. Um, when you're in the meeting, making sure you come with the facts, be open, honest, that build credibility, that builds a level of trust between the, the mentor and mentee. And then follow up. When you say you're going to do something, do it and never be afraid to ask for help when you're stuck. Thank you so much. And um, during your career from being a magician to going into entrepreneurship, what would you say is the two key lessons that you have learned throughout your career? Wow, two key lessons that I've learned throughout my career. Um, hmm. So the first um, is never, never discount past experience and its implication on future endeavors. What I mean by that is, <laughs> if you look at my career arc, it's not a, um, it's not a ladder just going straight up, right? It's more of a, what's the, what's the jungle gym? Uh, these things that you go up, down, sideways, under, like you go a lot of different places. Uh, I, my career, if you look at it, never consistently goes up. There's a lot of um, speed bumps <laughs> uh, throughout, throughout my, my journey. Um, and up until recently, I never could make the connection between my experience as a musician and how it helped me get to this point today. Now I, I, I clearly can, can articulate that I believe the reason that I am so creative and I have this ability to improvise on the fly, which really helps me in my execution, is because I did a lot of that when I was in music. If you think about it, I mean, obviously, I think music as an art form is one of the most creative areas that you can be in life. Um, I, I just love the, the, the art form of music. But if you think about certain types of music, it, like jazz, for instance, it takes a lot of creativity and improvisation <laughs> to deliver, uh, uh, and I'm not attributing this to me, but a masterpiece. <laughs> I was, but, and so I think when it comes to building companies and specifically working on areas of growth and marketing, that ability to be able to execute on the fly and being creative when the time is right, um, is something that now I'm able to connect um, through my experiences as a musician, uh, first starting out. Um, so that, 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 that's really the, the, the first one. Um, the, the second, I guess, key lesson uh, that I've learned throughout my, my career is that I will always, I guess, value grit over intellect. Um, and what I mean by that, I, I there's a lot of smart people in this world. You can debate if the degree of how somebody smart is relative to another person, right? Uh, but I've, I've worked and have, have, have seen a, a lot of smart people um, um, fall because of the, the, the pressure that's put on them, uh, whether it's to deliver results or to, to achieve better outcomes, whatever the case may be. Um, and for me, I think one of my biggest strengths is that I've been able to persevere through a lot of particular things, whether that's professionally or personally. Uh, and I attribute a lot of that to my upbringing. And if I could summarize all of that to one word, it's about grit, it's about being able to tough it out, to take the bumps, the bruises, and then always know that 
life is not a complete downhill slide. There's going to be opportunities where you're able to go uphill <laughs> and go around and about, like I said, the jungle gym uh, analogy earlier. And so my most important thing for me is to not to stop on making progress. Um, and so the second lesson that I, I've learned throughout my, my career is grit for me is more important and more valuable than just raw intelligence. And thank you for that, Corbin. Um, we're now coming to the end of our podcast and into our three super fast questions. And what this is, is I'm going to ask you three super fast questions and then you're going to answer either in a word or a sentence. Are you ready? Uh, I guess I am. <laughs> All right. Who is your role model? Ah, my mother. Uh, that is an e oh. easy one. <laughs> uh. Why, if I may ask? Oh, yes. Um, well, other than making me, obviously, yeah. I think <laughs> uh, a lot of the, the characteristics I mentioned earlier uh, that, that I, uh, I have and I've experiences that I've accumulated over, over the past, uh, over my entire lifetime can be attributed to her. So I think she is the person that, that, that taught me about perseverance. Uh, I think she is the most, uh, I think she has the most grit out of anybody, for anybody I've seen, uh, the value of hard work, um, not forgetting where you come from and always giving back, which is, <laughs> uh, what, what I think uh, is mentorship. Yeah. Um, and so this is the reason why she's, uh, it's, it's kind of, the person in my life that that gives me the most inspiration i like that number two what is if there was a book that you could make mandatory for every entrepreneur to read what would it be oh, oh wow <laughs> hmm. there's so many uh i think hooked um is one that that comes to mind and 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 that is because i think most entrepreneurs uh, i don't have the numbers on this but i, I believe <laughs> most entrepreneurs come from a most more tech engineering background uh and they're typically the ones in the very early stages are actually the product of visionary and, and they're the ones building the actual product but i also think uh, for founders who are, are not uh, engineering and, 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 and uh, programming background can, can benefit from a book like Hook is because at the end of the day, it talks about how to build something people will love. Love so much that they continue to use it over and over and over again. Um, whether that is Instagram, whether that's Facebook, WhatsApp, all of these products that we've somewhat performed unhealthy at times, uh, addiction. Uh, towards using and um, the book uh, hook, focuses on habit forming products and, and how to build those and how to market them and how both of those come together to achieve exponential growth. So this is a book that I would encourage uh, entrepreneurs to read. Great. And last question. If you could put a piece of advice on a billboard for all entrepreneurs, startups to see, what would that piece of advice be? Ooh. 
I guess a piece of advice and uh, well, I was thinking of a quote. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry when I put this in the, I guess or maybe a form of a quote, um, but I will put on a billboard that you are your own enemy. Um, Deep. And, and for me, that is telling entrepreneurs that you will always be your, your, your biggest, uh, uh, you will always have the harshest criticism on yourself. You will always be very judgmental of yourself. Um, uh, you are the only one at the end of the day that's holding you back. No matter what all the outside noise um, uh, is, is telling you to do, how to do it, when to do it, where to do it. Um, at the end of the day, I think the only person that you need to prove to is yourself. Um, so you are your own enemy is what I will put on that billboard for all entrepreneurs to see. Well, thank you so much, Corbin, for being here today. And thank you for your insightful and inspirational talk with us. It's been great. No, it's been great to uh, Marianne and thanks for having me.